we up? Is it time? Yes. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> this we talking. I know, right? <laughs> Welcome to the Michelle Mission Two Men One Podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always by my partner. Hey, what's up? Holler at your boy. This is Len, aka the Bat Tribble. And as we continue our march towards 300, 300 episodes, we are going to take a stop on Lynn's Wayback Machine <laughs> with a 1966 film starring Sammy Davis Jr., mm-hmm. but surrounded by quite a cast. Quite a cast. Including Cicely Tyson, mm-hmm. Frank Sinatra, Jr. Yes. Ozzie Davis. Ozzie Davis. Jeanette Dubois. Mm, Johnny Brown. Johnny Brown. And Louis Armstrong. I say. In the jazz drama, A Man Called Adam. But before we get to A Man Called Adam, what's going on, Lynn? Well, I'm glad you asked, Vincent. I'm doing very well. Thank you, my good friend. As we sit here streaming live to Facebook, YouTube, as well as Twitch via our good friends at StreamYard. I'm very much looking forward to getting into tonight's movie. But as always, we start things with a look at some, you know, listener feedback and some news. Um, We actually got a post oh let me go find it real quick we actually got a post we we had we're talking and i think either last week or in a couple couple weeks ago we were mentioning about delroy lindo as had we ever seen funny delroy lindo yes yes i saw this post and austin von um bergling in our facebook group mentioned that delroy lindo was in get shorty which is a comedy would that count? Yes. That would count. He's very good in Get Shorty. Here's the thing. Uh-oh. We got no, a no, thing. No, 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 no. Okay. Get Shorty, which is probably in the my 20 favorite movies of all time. It's really, really good. Really, really good. And you're right. Delroy Lindo is excellent in Get Shorty. But if you look at Get Shorty... Delroy Lindo, while he is charming, yes, he is uh, beguiling even, yes, as ever. He is stylish, of course, and get shorty. He still is menacing in get shorty. Well, I think the argument is he is menacing. Mm-hmm. But remember, I think, doesn't he want to be in, like, cause everybody's trying to get in the movies. No, yeah, he's trying to get in the movies. And I think it's funny that he's menacing, but he also wants to be in the movies. Yeah, but he's still, he. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's funny, but like, he's not ha ha ha. He's, he's funny as in, I will laugh with you because otherwise <laughs> I realize I will die. Right, 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 right. So okay. like, he's great in the movie, but yeah, yeah. that's still not like, that's not Delroy Lindo putting cotton in his mouth a la Harry Belafonte in Uptown Saturday Night. That's what I'm saying. Right. You know right. what I mean? Or crazy yellow teeth right. in Bucking the Preacher. Maybe what Del Orlando needs is some props. Maybe he needs some props. Maybe he needs some props. Maybe that's so. that's what he needs. But, I mean, 
Delroy, at this point, Delroy Lindo is like, no, I'm not proper. I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not proper. <laughs> the only prop I need is a hat. That's right. That's all. Um, but thank you, Austin. I I, I appreciate um, that that note to us. Yes. Speaking of um, some recent news, Vincent, you actually hit me onto this because I have just been crazy busy. That the Oscar nominations yes were announced today, and. Among the nominees for Best Picture is King Richard. King Richard. Starring uh, Philly's own Will Smith as uh, Richard Williams, the father of Serena and Venus Williams, the tennis superstar. Very happy for this movie. Very happy for Will Smith. Me too. It's a movie that, I'm not going to lie, I was surprised that I enjoyed it okay as much as i did you know it's a long movie but it doesn't feel long okay you know? so before by the time you realize it's long it's over okay um and i do think that will smith who sometime his acting especially when he's being super serious you know oscar Beatty will smith yes sometimes rubs me the wrong way sure i, I think there's a little bit of that in here uh i think it's I think he does pull it off in making you forget that he's Will Smith, which is hard to do because Will himself sure, by sure. nature is just a, you know, a very effusive, larger than life figure. Um, and I do think that he finds a way to shrink into the role of King Richard and gives a very, um, very notable performance. So much so that he was also nominated on his own for best actor. I really want him to go ahead and win this thing. Well, you know he does. Because I, well, I, yes, I think we've all been on this journey with Will Smith to try and get this Oscar. So I, yeah. I really want him to go ahead and get an Oscar. Now, here's the thing, though, Vincent. I know what you're going to say. He's in the best actor. I know. And he's up against Denzel Washington. I know. In the tragedy of Macbeth. I know. And full disclosure, I have not seen King Richard. Mm. So I can't say whether or not. I think he was better or worse than Denzel Washington. Because I know you have you've seen Tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah, Denzel Washington is an absolute monster. Yeah, like I feel like he's about to attack Tokyo <laughs> in 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 the Tragedy of Macbeth. I don't know, but I'm I, I am pulling for Will Smith. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pull- pulling for Will Smith. I'm pulling for it too. If only so he can start having fun in movies. Well, that's what I mean. Like, like I can tell, like I can tell, it seems like it bothers him. <laughs> right. You know, like it seems like this is someone who has everything, mm-hmm. but this is one of the things he doesn't have and it bothers him. Yeah. And I want nothing but good things for Will Smith. Right. So I hope he gets this Oscar. So, yeah. So, so, and there, there are a number of, you know, I was looking through the Oscar nominations. There are um, also nominated... Where was this? I know that Anjane Ellis was. Yes. Also for King Richard. Nominated for King Richard for Best Supporting Actress. That's interesting, though, because I was going to say she she probably is the lead female in that film. Right. But the role is more of a supporting. Right. There is. okay, And then also in that supporting actress. Is Ariana DeBose. Yeah. Ariana DeBose. For West Side Story. Yes. Which I have not seen. I have seen it. Okay, you see what I, I did. Story. I did see it. Camille and I snuck out and saw it one afternoon. 
Oh, you saw that in the in the theater. We actually went and saw West Side Story. What do you think? It is good. Here's here's my thing. Mm-hmm. West Side Story is the musical that I say is my favorite musical because I always feel bad when I talk about My Fair Lady is actually my favorite musical. <laughs> okay. No one in West Side Story, mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, is as good as the people in 1961's West Side Story. Really? No one. Really? Even Tony? Even Tony. Because Tony wasn't that great in the And in Tony's the not that great in this one. Oh, so he's just, just as bad. But here's where the problem comes with Ariana Debussier. Okay. She is excellent. Because she plays Maria, right? No. No, 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 no. She plays Please. Anita. 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 And she is by far the best thing in the whole movie. Really? Like, yeah. like, okay. like a quantum, like she's magnificent and spectacular. Mm. No one is as good as Rita Moreno in West Side Story, though. So she's the best thing in this movie, but she's not as good. But as she's you. not as good as Rita Moreno. The original Anita. Yeah. It's just, it, it was Rita Moreno. Okay, but, okay, but, all right, but that's fine. So I'm really happy for her, mm-hmm. and I'm happy she's nominated for this supporting actress mm-hmm. Oscar. Mm-hmm. But, like, I left saying, wow, you were amazing. Just not as amazing as Rita Moreno. Okay, but that's fine. It, yeah. I mean, but how was the- And then, like, Rita Moreno was in it. <laughs> so right, it's, right, So it's right, like, right. you got to be Anita with Rita Moreno right there. Okay. So so she knocked it out the uh, out the park. But how was the movie as a whole? I mean, you know, it, it really was. It's, it's like, I, it's, I'm going to go to what I usually say about these remakes. And I, I just, I just felt like, all of these resources could have been used for something else. Okay. That's all. You didn't feel like, I mean, cause there's an argument to be made that as good as, and as well remembered as West Side Story is, mm-hmm. that it is a story, especially from a production standpoint, sure. that is worth being remade. I mean. You know, with some, some a little bit more authenticity. Obviously the politics of the casting mm-hmm. with all of the Puerto Rican characters being played by non-Puerto Rican actors. Yeah. Except for Rita Moreno, of course. Right. Is, 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 you know, how can I argue against that? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, everybody's, it's a, it's a great musical, though. Oh, okay. So, you know. All right. Well. But I enjoyed it. I'm happy for Ariana Duboisei. I know I'm mispronouncing. I know we're mispronouncing. We are likely mispronouncing her name, and I apologize for that. Well, we don't have to do that. Look it up. If only we had some type of miraculous device (laughs) right in front of us. Well, I see that you're you're looking that up. I'm going to be pulling for um, Olivia Coleman in the Best Actress category for The Lost Daughter. Never seen the movie, but I love Olivia Coleman. So I like she's a British actress. Okay. So I'm. Just pulling for her to to grab one. Um, there you go. Uh, so yeah, so that's the Academy Awards, ladies and gentlemen. Um, are there any nominees that you want to shout out? You know, happy for Dune. Did you see Dune? I did see Dune. What'd you think about Dune? I thought Dune was good. 
I thought Dune was good. Um, I don't like. I certainly haven't seen all the movies this year, mm-hmm. but I can't say that Dune struck me as a movie that I could see like, oh my god, that's worthy of being nominated for best Academy Award. It's best really just from the just from a production standpoint. I mean, from a production standpoint, sure. And you don't but think the direction whole, was, but as a whole, as a film, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that I would have put it up for best of the year. How um, do you feel about the Cecil DeMille argument? Basically, that like big, big movies mm-hmm. that have that that these big directors pull them off. Right. Like the fact that you pulled it off. No, that doesn't is make, in it in and of itself is worthy of of. But not a, not worthy of a nomination. So that doesn't that doesn't move. It still has to come together. It still has to come together because like that's the Cecil De, uh, Cecil DeMille argument. But then you try and look at Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton's Cleopatra, and as big and as grandiose as that movie is, it's a bad movie. Okay. In my in no 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 I'm just... like West Side Story is big is big yes and from everything that I hear about it. It sounds like that is worthy. It all comes together, and I could see that being rewarded with a nomination, having having not seen it. Dune, I've seen, and I just don't know that I would have put that up for best of the year. Now, maybe if I go through all of the mo- all the movies, Dune might, you know, be up there. But to be fair, I don't know necessarily if Don't Look Up. Which it was also nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. I don't know, necessarily know that I would have put that up for Best Picture because, um, I don't know. It 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 it's it is funny, but I didn't think that it was like that funny or that incredible. Like I like I just I don't know I just it it just it feel to me it feels a little slight as far as putting mm-hmm. it and I'm not I know I'm all for comedies should be you know possibly put up for nominations I have nothing to do with it being a comedy it's just that I just didn't feel I didn't feel the performances came together all that strong sure sure to, and coalesced in a movie that is worthy of. Best picture. You don't think it sort of captured the zeitgeist of of what's happening? I think and, and it tried to. to. I don't know. Don't I don't know that that's it, worthy. Of I don't think. I don't think it nailed it. Okay. I think it tried to, and it came very close. And it has an ending that I don't like to think about. Right. But right. it is. It does stick with you. Um, Apparently, according to the internet, by the way, it's Ariana DeBose. 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 Okay. okay. Uh, where they go. Um, Best picture is 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 a, a strange category mm-hmm. for me for these for for these reasons. Mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes it's it's really in my mind that's the most political category. Yeah, and a lot of it really does reflect various viewpoints mm-hmm. of what should be nominated like i'm saying cecil demille but 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 dune in a lot of ways follows the example of something like titanic where where you know it's a big movie and you could argue whether or not they pulled it off 
Like I thought Dune was was glorious. I think it, I do think it's good. And and I didn't have a problem with it being nominated, but at the same time I think you can make an argument that you know it was just big. Yeah, it's just big. And, and it's just a little slow and, and what have you. Bree Bree 517 says it's a shame that more horror movies aren't nominated for best picture. I don't know necessarily that I would consider this a horror movie, but some people do. Nightmare Alley which is actually a, a remake of a film noir from the um, mm-hmm. 40s, I believe, by uh, Guillermo del Toro. That's nominated for Best Picture. Did you see it? I haven't. I've seen. The, I saw the the mm-hmm. original. I haven't okay. seen Nightmare okay. Alley. Um, but I heard that it's it's a lot darker, right, in tone. So it it it, it mirrors horror, which is where um, del Toro is kind of I mean that's his yeah he's happy yeah the genre films really get love like that which wasn't get out nominated I think get out was nominated for the screenplay okay again I'm I'm now fascinated by best picture because mm-hmm. it is this is sort of again why do you get not like like you know best actor or actress you can point to some some metrics mm-hmm. best director like you like we said you can say this uh, but best picture is like well what are we saying yeah exactly yeah some things can push it over the top and you know you know you, you never know um all right so th- th- that's our academy award talk ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh we of course have to shout out quest love who got uh nominated for summer of soul Oh, did they get nominated yes, for yes, sir. Uh, in documentary? Yeah. I'm I'm scrolling through here now. Oh yeah, I do see. Quest Love. Oh, shout out. Yeah, what love. Yeah, yeah. Now I've not seen any of these documentaries except Summer of Love. Right, right. But I'll go out on a limb and say I don't think any of them are as good as Summer of <laughs> Summer of Soul. Summer uh, of Soul, excuse me. You know. I don't know. But Summer of Soul was a magnificent documentary. Summer of Soul was magnificent and I mean, just for 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 the excavation that he did mm-hmm. of this material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you know the ex- the, the interviews that were yeah. conducted. Oh yeah, yeah. I I I left wanting three or four more interviews. Mm-hmm. Like like we were talking about dream projects, which is why we were running late. Yes, but now I want to do like um. A fifth, like I want, like fifth a fifth dimension. Say, fifth dimension, yeah. Fifth dimension, because of everything that happens in that documentary, their time capsule of looking at themselves. Oh my god, it's just it's amazing. Um, yeah, Summer of Soul was, was right. Mavis Staples talking about getting mm-hmm. the 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 torch handed to her, right from uh, Mahalia Jackson. from Mahalia Jackson. Yeah, and everything in there. So, but yeah, 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 because that is a powerful moment because Look. you could see Mahalia singing, right? But she's not one hundred percent there, right? Yeah, yeah. Mavis, like they hold hands right. and she just take. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, 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 congratulations yeah. to one and all. No, oh, most definitely. All right. All right. Well, so now we shouted out for looking out for our Philly guys. We're looking out for Philly. Will and Quest. There you go. They bring home bring home the trophy and they feel free to bring it to the mission. Cheese steaks and tasty cakes. Cheese steaks and tasty cakes. Do you have a particular tasty cake that you would like? Because well, they're yeah. crimpets. About to say, you know, I'm a sophisticate. Oh Jesus. So I stick with the butterscotch crimpets. That's right. There you go. That's the that's the only way to go. That's yes. the only only answer. Yes, yes, yes. 
Speaking of documentaries. Speaking of documentaries. I finished the Janet Jackson documentary. As did I. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good. Okay. So, Vincent. Yes. Where did you land with the Janet Jackson documentary? I'm, I I liked it. Mm. I liked it. I, I, I land where I had landed last week. I'm glad Janet Jackson has gotten an opportunity mm-hmm. to kind of take control of her own narrative. I will say this. I feel even more strongly about it after the last, I thought I only had 10 minutes, but I had like a half hour. Right. When Questlove, ta- speaking of Questlove, mm-hmm. talked about how there had been this concerted, almost organized effort mm-hmm. to downplay Janet Jackson right. and her contributions to pop culture and pop music in the advent of social media mm-hmm. and specifically TikTok and Instagram and you know Twitter as well, which let's just let's just cut through the the jargon. We're talking about black folks, right? Like these black kids kind of said, "Wait a minute, what is what is this?" Mm-hmm. And kind of pushed her back into the forefront. Mm-hmm. As part of that, that you you know this sort of resurgence of Janet Jackson, mm-hmm. I did. I, I ended. I enjoyed it. And I was happy that Janet got an opportunity to do it. I'm an, and I'm happy that we are talking about Janet Jackson the way we talk about Janet Jackson. Here's where I landed with the Janet Jackson documentary. Okay. Two moments of this documentary just left me totally bewildered. Okay. And they all take place in the last last uh, part Okay. of the documentary. Part number one that bewildered Lynn. Bewilderment number one. Bewilderment number one. So we're going through her ruminations of her relationship with Jermaine Dupree. Yes. And how he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. He was there for her. The love that they shared, how mm-hmm. they met. Jermaine is seen talking about, you know, how he would care for her. And he was very happy for her and everything like that. And they were seemingly a loving couple. And I believe the only one of her romantic partners that participated in the documentary in present day. Very true. So worth true. worth noting. It, it, and that is worth noting. Mm-hmm. And then it comes to a point where, of course, because they're not together now, mm-hmm. they break up. Yes. And there's made mention that Jermaine Dupree, maybe because Janet Jackson says she heard he was cheating on her. Right. Jermaine Dupree makes allusions to I mean, that he wasn't everything that he could right, have I mean, been. He pretty much admits it. He, he says, pr- you know, I was I was being a man. And, I was being a man. Yeah. I was doing man things right. or whatever. When we're coming at me even more. Right. Yeah. And they broke and they broke up. Yes. Right? Fine. They don't go super deep into it, but they touch on it enough. Mm-hmm. Probably more so than most people have heard. Yeah. Right? Fine. I'm good with that. The documentary goes on for about two to three more minutes after that, you know, statement, after mm-hmm. the statements of them breaking up. And in those two or three minutes, they're talking about Janet's career since then. Okay. Moving forward. And then it drops a bombshell that Janet Jackson 
has announced, I believe via social media, one of the social media platforms, that she and her husband are pregnant and expecting a baby. Nowhere in the two prior two to three minutes before (laughs) are we are we made aware that Janet has look met someone else look fallen in love with someone else look dated someone else look or even married someone else look I said it last week I'm gonna say it again more so than the story that is being told is how the story is being told exactly so what what's 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 the problem what what what, what are you confused about the that? husband is never even named no he's not mentioned he's except that it, it except right it, it, within it, within the context of that's the father that's of her, the father of, of, her of her child yes what what is what is your question lynn <laughs> what do you need to know exactly what what do you what 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 is this immaculate conception? It's not an immaculate conception. It is public knowledge that Janet Jackson was married to this billionaire, um, from like the Arab the Arab Emirates or mm-hmm. or you know somewhere, and and then they were married, mm-hmm. and then she had a baby, right. and then they got a divorce. Like what you want? What we're not I- talking about that. Apparently not, because all we're doing is skipping to the baby. Yes. That's all we're doing is skipping to the baby. Because the baby's the important part. The baby's the important part, because she obviously doesn't care about They, I said- And I I guess we are are supposed to- I said Janet Jackson is not- Look, look, this is not what we're talking about. But dude, if you are coming into this this documentary- Yes. You know, you only know Janet Jackson from the periphery. Yes. So this is your opportunity to, to- Get Look, a better understanding of this, who Janet Jackson it, it's is. It's not important that I was married to this dude. That's not important. Are you serious, Vince? Yes, I'm dead. Apparently, Are you serious? apparently you can't even she's name serious. the dude. No. You can't even say that you got married? No. Next thing you I mean, all we know is you broke up with Jermaine Dupree, and Look, next thing you know, you're married. Moving on, what is be- bewilderment number two? Bewilderment number two. Bewilderment and I'm going to skip two. over because I don't think it's a bewilderment, but I do think it's worth noting mm-hmm. that as important to her as it is the birth of her son. Yes. And what her son means to her. I do think like if you're going to if you if you if you are going to take the tack that you're going to talk about your son, but you don't want to show your son. Yes. Then don't put him on camera at all. You you got all these rules about how people tell their story. Why does he have to be on camera? Because that's what she Lynn, stop. But why does he have to be you on upset? Why does his arm Beca- have to be Because on that's what I want to do. Well, like you got all these okay, rules okay, about okay, how okay. you want her to tell her okay, story. Okay, 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 okay. And to circle back to her husband, I will say this about what? Janet Jackson. What? I think again, there has been so much scrutiny. Mm-hmm of her personal life Mm. and her relationships Mm -hmm. to the point of it gets a little icky. Like, you know, I'm not going to lie and say that between texting and group texts and WhatsApp and in the kitchen with my wife, I may have talked about this. (laughs) (laughs) But the public conversation Mm -hmm. around the supposed mystery baby Mm -hmm. And was she pregnant? Mm 
Mm-hmm. And where's the baby? And was there a baby? It gets real invasive and really icky. Okay. So that if Janet tells her story and Janet says, I'm going to talk about James as little as I'm going to talk. This is how I talk about James. Mm-hmm. Maybe I dated somebody else after James. Maybe I was married to somebody. But I'm not talking about that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about James. I'm going to talk about Renee. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about Jermaine. Mm-hmm. Jermaine is the only one who gets to participate mm-hmm. in present day. Mm-hmm. She must have some kind of relationship with Renee because that was all his footage. Yes, that's true. So he signed a release. So whatever, wh- this is my business. And I'm going to share my business with you as much or as little as I'm going to share my business with you. Because since I was four or five years old, people have had cameras jammed in my face. And once I turned 16, jammed in my uterus. Okay. So I'm going to just, this this what I, this what I'm going to do. Okay. So, you know, she ain't mentioned her husband. Okay. And like I said. And then she showed the baby with the arms flailing. Right. And I, and maybe she's I, shouldn't, I shouldn't have brought that up because I, on a whole, I really didn't have a problem with that. It just right. to me, it was like, if you're not going to show them, don't show them. Bewilderment number two. I thought that was bewilderment number two, no, the baby. It wasn't. It wasn't. Oh, oh, Lord, it's more bewilderment. Bewilderment. You were quite bewildered. I was quite, it's a tree of bewilderments. It, 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 there you it's go. a bevy of bewilderments. It's a bevy of bewilderments. A bevy of bewilderments. It's a bag of bewilderments. It's like a murder of crows. <laughs> Be- the next bewilderment, the final bewilderment. Or Parliament of Ravens. I have this running joke where I think like birds got to pick out their own names. <laughs> like they picked out these cool ass names. <laughs> what is it? Because it, what is it? It's like a court of owls. Like a court what's of a, owls. A court of owls. A par, uh, no, no. It's a murder of crows. It's a murder oh. of crows right. and a parliament of ravens. Like who picks out these cool ass names? Cool ass birds. Yeah. They, they, it's not much cooler birds than ravens. A murder of crows. Yeah. Oh, it's more than two crows. It's three of them. It's a murder of crows. That sounds a little racist. Gaggle of geese. They messed up. They fumbled the ball. They like, like they looked at the geese. They said, "All right, geese, what are we gonna call y'all?" And the geese all got together and said, "Uh, a gaggle." It's like, what? That's what we got. And the court of owls looked at him and, and judged them harshly. <laughs> a bevy of bewilderments. Final bewilderment. Yes. So the documentary is going off. Yes. And everyone is giving their huzzas to Janet Jackson. Huzzah. But the huzzas begin. Yes. With. Barry Bonds. (laughs) That was really, really weird. It was really random (laughs) for these huzzahs to begin with one of the most disgraced baseball players. Is that Barry Bonds? Of all time. And then for Barry Bonds, the disgrace, steroid fueled. Allegedly. Mm, it's not, uh, not that allegedly. All right, I'm just all right. You know, the faux home run king. <laughs> I mean, you begins know. his was begins his huzzas. Juicing, you know, he begins his huzzas with 
Janet Jackson is like the king of pop. Yes. Like Barry Bonds is the king of home runs. King of home runs. <laughs> That's what he said. I'm like, oh no, no, he didn't. That was a really that was strange really, inclusion. Really strange. Which then made me do the math. Oh Lord. Janet Jackson. Uh-huh. Who, like you said, obviously has a relationship with J- Jermaine, a friendship or something with Jermaine Dupree, because he contributed yes. in the documentary. Maybe she has a relationship with Renee because his footage is in there, or maybe that footage is from where they were married, so there's joint ownership. So right, maybe right, that's right, right. why there. I'm not a lawyer titian, so I don't know how this works. Everybody else, there are people that are mentioned, and then there are people who are conspicuously not mentioned, That's as right. we have just gone over. Every little step you take right on away from this documentary. But Barry Bonds. Yes. Who is in the age range of Janet Jackson. See, but see, now you're doing it. <laughs> doing what? You're doing it. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, we spend so much time... <laughs> I just thought it was very theorizing, strange. talking. I thought it was know. very strange for Barry Bonds. And then when you look I, at the special thanks, the first name is Barry Bonds. I would, I, I will, I will just say it's weird. But let me ask you this about Barry Bonds, because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just don't know because I, I get him and King Griffey Jr. mixed up. Frankly, <laughs> what? I'm going to tell you why. Is Barry Bonds a second generation baseball yes. player? Yes, they both are. Okay, well, that's why I get them mixed up. So Barry Bonds is from where? As far as baseball, where where did he grow up? Where's he from? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, he grew he grew up in like in in California. Like he's he's a West Coast guy. Yeah. So Barry Bonds is a second generation baseball player. His mm-hmm. his dad was was fairly yes, yes fairly successful, very successful, very successful. I think if I were inclined to look at a link between them, mm-hmm. which I'm not. Because again, I think it gets really icky mm-hmm. when we start talking about people and who they dated and this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. But they may just run in the same circles. Mm. Oh, 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 oh. I don't, I don't want to hear anything about. <laughs> I don't doubt that they run in the same circles. I think they very much run in the same circles. Are they about the same age? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, they're both from California. They mm. both grew up. Mm. To, no, don't. I'm not doing that. Yeah, look. I, I just thought it was very, very conspicuous. Yes, it was a conspicuous inclusion. It was weird. It came out of nowhere. But besides that, are you finished? Are we finished with the Janet Jackson? That, that was my bewilderment. That that's, was my final bewilderment. A, that was indeed bewildering, but it was enough to me, you know, uh, and then I kept kept it moving. Well, well, then we're done with that. Okay. Okay. All right. I try to keep your dumb ass straight, but no, you just keep talking. <laughs> like, I'm looking out for you. <laughs> You'd be sitting somewhere talking, I don't know why they mad at me. I was like, well, did, you, did you listen to the tape? <laughs> I just asked the question. Right. Uh-huh. I'm just asking questions. That's always like that. <laughs> That's always asshole shit. <laughs> like when everybody when in the history of I'm just asking questions. That dude is never cool. Don't be that dude. No, I'm, I'm, okay. For the sake of argument. I'm just playing devil's advocate. So do you want me to take this out of the show? No, not at all. I'm just saying. I'll take it out of the show. You know. The podcast listeners will never know. Look, man. You be coming up on how many episodes? 
300. 300. You know what we're trying to avoid? What? NDIRE is not going to put together no uh, clip of of you saying some whack, sexist shit 70 times. I didn't say anything sexist. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm looking for. Like, we ain't going to have 70 instances of us saying whack shit. We ain't going to be talking about going into black neighborhoods, calling it the Planet of the Apes. We, look, the episodes are sitting right there, and at some point, somebody going to try and stitch something together. That's true. So we don't want any patterns. There you go. You ready to play Six Degrees of Dervil? Always. All right. All right, let's go. Six Degrees of Dervil Martin. Stay ready. You ain't got to get ready. In six moves or less. Six moves. only movies. Only movies. Go from Dervil Martin. To? Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper? Okay. (sighs) Do you know who Bradley Cooper is? I do. I do. Okay. I do know who Bradley Cooper is. Bradley Cooper. You know, the problem is I can't get the um the hangover movies out of my head. There were three of them. <laughs> you know what though? Can I use the hangover? Can let me see if I can get to the hangover movie. Can I get to it through the hangover movies? Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Who's the female lead in the Silver Lining Playbook? That would be Jennifer Lawrence, I believe. Jennifer Lawrence. Okay. Bradley Cooper. Well, you know. From Dervil Martin to Bradley Cooper. I'll just do the easy one. Okay. Dervil Martin, Dick Anthony Williams. Uh, five on the black hand side. Dick Anthony Williams is in Mo Better Blues with Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson is in one of the end games, part one or part two, with Bradley Cooper because he plays Rocket Raccoon. Ah, he voices Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Very good. Very good. What Very I good. was trying to do, and I think my hiccup was, I was going to get to. Mike Tyson. Because Mike Tyson. Right. And Mike Tyson was in a um, foreign movie with Jet Li. Like like IP Man. One of those IP Mans. Ip Man. Huh? Ip. Ip, I'm sorry. Ip Man with Jet Li. Jet Li was in. (laughs) You said. IP man. Because like, intellectual property. I was about man. to say, I, that's I, right, right, right. Because that's what I always say. Yeah, and he was in Romeo is Dying with Aaliyah. And then Aaliyah was in um, Queen of the Damned. But what jacks me up with Queen of the Damned is that I always think of Tom Cruise as Lestat because he played Lestat in um, Interview with the Vampire. But another dude played him in Queen of the Damned and I couldn't remember who the other dude was. So that's that was the hiccup that I got and caught on. Gotcha. Never saw Queen of the Damned. It's not bad. You know, Aaliyah was very Aaliyah was it was like Aaliyah had actually kind of become like a young woman right before she died. I know. But like all of it before, it was just like, I always thought the Aaliyah thing was icky all around. Like just speaking of inappropriate 
things with these young singers. Like I always thought it was icky the way Aaliyah was sexualized mm-hmm. for so long. And mm-hmm. like a year before she died or so, it was like she was actually a young woman. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she was really sexy in Queen oh, of the yeah. Damned. Mm-hmm. And and like she was doing it. It was like, wow, this this is a nice little role for her. Yeah. Yeah. I remember people like hype hi- hi- about it. Yeah. Um, it's not that good. I've only seen it once, but I remember Aaliyah was very striking in it. Okay. Very good, Vincent. All right. I do have one more for you. One more. Something told me you want to get that pretty quick. Yes, 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 yes. So, Six Degrees of Dervell Martin. Six Degrees of Dervell Martin. And Six Movies or Less. Six Movies or Less. Get to Barbara Streisand. Oh, Barbara Streisand. Oh, this is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Because I think of her in Yentl, of course. Where she was the director, producer, and writer. Right, right, right. And then she was in like Funny Girl and mm-hmm. which which are movies that I've seen and enjoyed. I actually really like Barbara Streisand. Here's something. I'm going to win this one. And this is, I'm going to use a movie that you'd never think that I'd use. But I really like Barbara Streisand. Dervo Martin is in how do I want to do this Dervel Martin is in guess who's coming to dinner mm-hmm. with Sidney Poitier yes Sidney Poitier is in Uptown Saturday Night with Richard Pryor yes and I just used Sidney Poitier because I could have gotten to Richard Pryor through Billy D. Williams as well but we'll use Sidney Poitier Richard Pryor is in Harlem Nights with Eddie Murphy. Mm -hmm. You ready? This is where it's going to get interesting. Okay. Eddie Murphy is in 48 Hours with Nick Nolte. Yeah. And Nick Nolte is in Prince of Tides with Barbara Streisand. That's very good, Vince. And again, it seems like a movie that I wouldn't... (laughs) I wouldn't have watched. Very good. Well, yeah, I like Barbara Streisand. Very that's good. That's a good one. Barbara Streisand's good. Yeah. yeah that's Barbara good Streisand's good. I could probably figure out how to get through a two through because like what was the she made like funny girl. She made funny lady. Funny lady. Mm-hmm. And then what else? Uh she did What's Up Doc. What's I like What's Up Doc. The Owl and the Pussycat. Yeah. I like Alan the Pussycat. Who she's in? Who, who's in uh, Alan the Pussycat with her? Uh, that is with uh, George Siegel, who just passed not too long ago. George Siegel doesn't he play Ben Stiller's dad in one of the movies? Probably, yeah, yeah. Who's in What's Up Doc with her? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I think yeah. that is is that Ryan O'Neill? Yeah, Ryan O'Neill and Madeline Kahn. Her other big movie. Oh, and you know how I get to Madeline Kahn, because I can get to um, Blazing Saddles. Yeah, yeah. Through Gene Wilder. Her other big movie mm-hmm. from nineteen seventy six. Okay. Was that the was was she in a Star Is Born? There you go. Yeah. Was that with Ryan O'Neill? No, that's Chris Christopherson. Chris Christopherson. That's the movie that put him on the map. Right, right, right. And you know you get through Chris Christopherson is 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 Dick Anthony Williams, Wesley Snipes, Wesley Snipes, Chris Christopherson, and Blade. Mm-hmm. And Blade 2. 
let's make some more money. <laughs> but yeah, I like that. Yeah, Barbara Streisand is good. That's a good one. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Papa, can you hear me? Papa, can you see me? <laughs> you did good. You did good. All right. You weren't ready for the Prince of Tides. I was not ready. You were ready for the Prince of Tides. Nobody's ready for the Prince No of one is ready for the Prince of Tides. <laughs> Yes, you knocked it out the park, Vince. Thank you, sir. Almost like Barry Bonds. <laughs> As we make our way to our 300th episode, ladies and gentlemen, Vincent and I love reading your your uh, your comments in the chat and receiving your emails. But now we offer you another way to share your thoughts with us about your favorite podcast. Oh, and what is that, Lynn? The Michelle voicemail. <laughs> Give us a call. 215-867-9666 and tell Vincent and Lynn what's on your mind. We're, we're, Operators are standing by. I was about to say, we're, we're now adding old technology. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Every 10 callers gets a free Betamax. <laughs> And laser disc <laughs> gets a cassette of your favorite episode. <laughs> you can play it on your Walkman <laughs> as you go to and fro about your day. We'll mail you a forty-five <laughs> of your favorite Vincentisms. <laughs> well, there you go. People can call the line. So yes. <laughs> Call up. Call Call the Call the Michelle voicemail. You send them to 45. They can play it on their Victrola. Two one five. We only have an eight hundred number. Who do you think is going to call this? <laughs> Standard rate supply. Two one five. Two one five eight six seven. Can they beep us? Nine six six six. Is this also connected to our beepers? <laughs> Texas zero seven seven three four. So we can turn our beepers upside down and see you say hello. No. Do you know the importance of a sky pager? No, seriously. Seriously. Leave us a voicemail and your your voicemail may actually be played on the show. <laughs> so make sure when you leave a voicemail, give us your name and where you're calling from. <laughs> Send a self-addressed envelope. <laughs> self-addressed envelope. Oh, boy. <sighs> So we can send you a signed lithograph. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, we want voicemails. We want. want. I thought it would be cool. That'd be cool. I thought it'd be cool as a way of getting people (laughs) to give us a shout out on the three hundredth episode. Tell us what their been their favorite episode. Favorite episodes. You know, favorite rants. Favorite rants. Vincentisms. Whatever. Whatever's on their mind. Whatever's. Whatever's. (laughs) 
<laughs> they can find a phone booth and just <laughs> go to town. I hate you. <laughs> Bringing out old technology. I thought this was What is old is new? Yes, yes. Well, you, look, I was just listening to a story on NPR, which is the most Vince thing to say ever. And um <laughs> and they were talking about the fact that 70% of the music that is being sold is old music. Mm-hmm. Like they talked like there's actually a crisis in the music industry because people and this includes kids. Right. Like they're not buying new music. Insert old man rant about this new music ain't that good. <laughs> All you want, but there you go. Everything old is new. You joke. But in the span of the last two minutes someone has left two voicemails i've gotten three you got I've three, three, notifications three notifications for voicemail voicemails okay. look look i'm pro community whatever adds to the community is fine with me next week we'll have set up our myspace account i was myspace joke i was we get like one of them featured pages on Black Planet. <laughs> no, we're going to get a party line. <laughs> Let's get into our review of A Man Called Adam. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. Trumpeter finds himself unable to cope with the problems of everyday life. In the swinging world of hipsters, promoters, con men, and chicks, a man had to be tough. Sammy Davis Jr. stars as the man called Adam 
Adam Johnson, along with Louis Armstrong, Ozzie Davis, Cicely Tyson, mm-hmm. Frank Sinatra, Peter Lawford, Johnny Brown, and appearances by Mel Torme and Janet Dubois, Du Bois, and Lola du Falana, Du Bois, and Lola oh Falana. I'm so busy trying to get to Lola Falana. <laughs> Aren't we all? Written and directed by, I just had them. I'm so busy talking about Lola Falana. Lester Pine and Tina Pine and directed mm-hmm. by Leo Penn. A Man Called Adam was the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn, what do you have to say about this winginess, hippest jazz movie? Well, I thought that it had been a long time since we really had sat down with Sammy Davis Jr. Sammy Davis Jr. is one of the iconic um black voices and 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 names and people from the 50s and 60s as far as you know entertainment uh goes so i thought it would be interesting to sit down with a, a sammy davis jr film that is 100 percent a sammy davis jr vehicle Okay. As opposed to him being like you know uh, a co-star in something or a supporting supporting role in in other films or just one of the quote unquote pack as mm. it as it were with the uh, Rat Pack movies alongside Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, both of whom, despite you know their stars certainly being you know, uh, uh, elevated to the stratosphere because of their uh, association with one another, along with Sammy Davis Jr. in the Rat Pack and in the Rat Pack films, specifically Ocean's Eleven and to a lesser degree, Robin and the Seven Hoods, both Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin had opportunities, were given opportunities by virtue of their talent and let's be honest, by virtue of their their uh, race to flex their muscles uh, individually in films away from one another so that they could show more dramatic chops Mm -hmm. as it were. Um, Frank Sinatra most famously in and probably to, um, to, to the greatest extent in the Manchurian Candidate mm-hmm. and the Man with the Golden Arm, right? Um, Dean Martin, maybe to a lesser extent, but def- definitely still had time to show his show his chops in uh, select westerns and war films in the fifties and sixties. Mm-hmm. Sammy Davis Jr. wasn't afforded those opportunities. One, primarily because he was a black man, right? That is first and foremost. Uh, and two, it also because to a degree, as you learn more and more about Sammy Davis Jr., he was a bit of his own worst enemy. Yeah. So yeah. he would sometimes, you know, bite the hands that, yeah. that would feed him. He had demons. He had demons. He was fighting off demons. Um, and he was always chasing a dollar, could never hold. And then when he found that dollar, he was always quickly spending that dollar right so that would always keep him beholden to certain ways of life always having to be on the road to, i was to about make a to quick say buck had to, to be, keep had to, had to get the creditors yeah on, you know oh yeah 
But once he actually, you know, and you got to go through the whole Sammy Davis Jr. story and his, his biography. But once he, it seemed like he settled on something substantial of his own that was a success. And that was a, a Broadway show called Golden Boy, mm-hmm. which actually toured the countries and at this point in the 60s is, you know, going up in New York on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And it's a big success. It basically is a one-man show for Sammy Davis to, you know, show off the wide range of talents that he has as a singer, as a dancer, as a raconteur, mm-hmm. as a, a bit mm-hmm. of a comedian, uh, in, in mm-hmm. fact, as well. Just a, a personality. Once he's able to lock on to that, now Sammy Davis wants to try his hand and really settle, settle down and pull off that dramatic turn for himself, that elusive dramatic turn um and that film is a man called adam a film that was originally you know optioned by nat king cole Mm -hmm. who in his as a good friend of sammy optioned with the idea of nat of sammy playing adam johnson the lead role in this film but Nat King Cole unfortunately passed away, and I didn't realize how young he was when he passed yeah. away. Oh, passed yeah, passed away in 1965 at 45 yeah. years old. Yeah, oh yeah, wow. Um, so, but so Sammy picked up the reins and shepherded on this project on his own, and with the intention of one giving himself a dramatic ve- uh, vehicle with heft. With um with with gravitas mm-hmm. and would be able to show off the wide range of his dramatic chops as an actor, and also he wanted to take this opportunity to uh, correct a wrong that he saw, which was make a movie that is set in the world of jazz music and presents it as authentic as possible okay by casting in this film and and peppering this this film with some of the leading jazz faces and musicians of the time playing right there in front of the cameras right right uh of course he would be playing you know um the a jazz trumpet um so he he would not be playing because he wasn't a trumpeteer but you know playing for him was noted oh yeah jazz man nat adderley oh yeah oh yeah and to to his um credit sammy davis jr is very very uh very good and 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 spot on in his miming of playing that look like you said he doesn't play the the trumpet but you get the sense he just didn't have two open afternoons for him to learn how to play the trumpet Mm -hmm. because it's sammy davis jr right so he could learn how to play the trumpet if you'd have given him a minute or two so i'm sure yeah Yeah, so right but so 
so he he peppers this film with all with all these faces and and then gives one of the the leading voices and and faces of of jazz Louis Armstrong. I know gives him a, like you know the role of a lifetime. Yeah. So now Louis Armstrong, who'd been a number of films, but was always Louis Armstrong as Louis Armstrong. Right. Right. Now Louis Armstrong, he's got he's got lines. He's he's actually. He's, and he's he's actually a, a character. He's actually able to give voice to mm-hmm. like to what he is. This elder statesman, yeah, of jazz, yeah, oh yeah, in this movie. And this is a and this is a movie that you know they say is loosely based on the life of Miles Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there probably is some in there, but there is also a little bit of Sammy's life in here as well. Sure, sure. Uh, Adam Johnson is a man who is tortured, uh, riddled with guilt um, because of the the a car accident, which you he may or may not have caused. I'll leave that a little bit ambiguous for people who want to watch the film. Um, that lost the life of saw him lose a, lose his wife and his child mm-hmm. in the car accident, which then had him just fighting off demons for the for the rest of this rest of this film. And the film is very much about the up and down pull of those demons on his life, mm-hmm. right? And the one saving grace that he lucks upon is Cecily Tyson's uh, um, mm. character in this film, and I just drew a blank on her in her on her name. I had it up. Oh, you talking about Claudia Ferguson? Claudia Ferguson. That's right. Lord Claudia. have mercy. Yes, Cecily Tyson as as Claudia, who is you know like a, a little bit of an of an activist of her own. Um, but is you know taken in by the charm uh, of Adam and finds himself like you know just lost in his world in, in you know in his orbit as as he as is want to be because he 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 very much Adam Johnson in this film very much reminds me of Denzel Washington's character in Mo Better Blues. I actually had in my notes, there are several moments in this film where I'm like, I feel like Spike Lee watched this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the the way how the world seems to orbit around (laughs) Adam, you know, and his best friend. (laughs) And not to break it at the end when the horn, when the the end happens Uh, and his protege gets the piece. I kept waiting for him to say, I won't sell it, Bleak. Yeah. I won't sell it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's all you needed, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, like everybody's around his orbit, and in in, in even like uh, uh, Ossie Davis character, who I think is is Nelson is, is, mm-hmm. is his name. Like he even says, you know, like I've tried to I, I tried to give give up on him, but I just can't. Yeah, I yeah. guess it's this genius just keeps pulling me back in. Yeah, you know? yeah, right, and like because everyone just can't let go of this dude no matter how much and and he's a guy who in battling these demons he gives everybody his butt to kiss oh yeah like left and right throughout this movie oh yeah yet yet he then it's it's, it's almost like a sitcom it's like wash rinse repeat you know mm-hmm. th- throughout the film um 
So it's an it, it's an interesting study. It's hard to imagine, though, for me, that this film is 1966 mm. because there's a lot about this film that feels like it's older. It mm. feels like it's from, because except for Cecily Tyson's character, we see her being involved in the civil rights movement of the mm -hmm. time. Except for that, a lot of this movie feels like it, it came out of like almost like a 50s jazz club, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, um, oh yeah. And not just because it is in a, a stark black and white, but also just because of the, the politics of it. Like she's in the civil rights movement and she seems very, like a very strong-willed independent woman, yet that is gone in an instant. Yeah, The second yeah. she gets around Adam Johnson, and next thing you know, Every word out her mouth is like, you know, about Adam, yeah. you know, Adam this, Adam that. So much so that Adam in battling his demons, because at one time he's this big hothead who gets into fights with white cops, you know, starts the fights with white cops. Fast forward, there's, an there's a, a scene where his protege is getting beaten up by these white guys and Adam is just dumbstruck up against the wall he doesn't even know what to do and and cecily tyson's character she's pleading him help your friend help your friend and adam just goes running away but she is so wrapped in his orbit she's blaming herself that's right for him running away not, it, totally excusing him right and I tried very hard not to bring in, you know, what I know about St Sammy Davis Jr. and his life into this film, but it was hard for me not to mm -hmm. because that is also a consistent refrain with Sammy Davis Jr. People throwing lifelines to him, him batting away, going, leading by his own, mm. you know, narrow understanding. And then people you know, just like, okay, but because you're so talented, I'm going to, I'm going to roll with you. Oh, that's interesting. And that's just, and, and, and so more than Miles Davis, you see Sammy I, Davis. I see so Jr. much of Sammy in here, Interesting. you know, and, and considering that, especially now with Nat King Cole, who, while didn't do a whole lot of film work or TV work. Well, mm -hmm. he did, he did have his TV show, Yeah, but th there's not a whole lot of film of Nat King Cole. Mm-hmm. But what little bit I know about Nat King Cole, he seems like a very, you know, nuanced man. Yeah, oh yeah. Intellectual man. Mm -hmm. And I could see him being a nice yin to Sammy Davis Yang in putting this project together. Okay. With Nat King Cole now out of the picture and Sammy Davis basically being the the man who was calling the shots on this movie mm -hmm. i that's that's where this movie gets away from from you okay. that's where that's where that's where it gets loose it gets loosey-goosey that's where he you know brings in you know throws a bone to his friend peter lawford and gives him a role in in this movie but then sammy can't get out of the way of his own demons he basically has Peter Lawford crawling on the ground like a baby, like yeah. a like a like a puppy dog to him, you yeah. know. And I, I for some reason, I just have a funny feeling that Sammy Davis is getting 
and again, it's probably me bringing my own understanding to it, but it's like getting exercising a little bit of Sammy demons with that scene, you know, like that's Peter Lawford on the ground, but that could just as easily be Frank Sinatra, his friend, but who, you know, famous, famously, you know, undercut Sammy Davis a lot of times during mm -hmm. those during their times together but Sammy could never pull the trigger on the on Frank because that's Frank Sinatra you could do it to Peter Lawford you know you could do it to mm. any white person who maybe has slighted you all 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 throughout your entire career you know and in doing that this film which is about jazz, which features some very, like the best scenes in this movie are the jazz performances. Mm -hmm. Louis Armstrong, Mel Torme shows up. And yeah. it's like, you know, like the Velvet Fog himself. And he's velvety smooth in the little little cameo that he does. Sammy Davis performs in this this film. There are there are scenes of the band playing that are like really spot on and energetic in the way that they are filmed, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the best part of, parts of this movie. The opening where Sammy is kind of like walking through through the city it's it's very cool very evocative feels like it's almost like noir feels, mm -hmm. it's giving you a taste of oh my god this is really shot on location in new york you feel the city there um which makes sense because this movie is for the most part was filmed in the middle of the night over the course of six weeks while sammy davis was on broadway doing his one-man show this is what the I was about to say they shot it kind of in in between it. Yeah, right. This is what they do. Those scenes are filled with 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 life and and style and electricity, and they hum. And but then the rest of the movie, which is basically your plot, which is supposed to tell the story, outside of that, it's peppered with Ossie Davis doing the best he can, a Cecily Tyson looking. Stunning. Yeah. She looks absolutely stunning in this movie, but she is also, you know, doing the best she can with some stilted dialogue uh, of her own. But those are scenes that are that are shot very flatly. They look almost um, borderline like a television, you know, mm -hmm. show and 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 just look out of sync with the rest of the film, especially in the moments where with the jazz performances where it cuts to maybe Ossie and, and Cecily sitting at sitting at a table or, or cuts to um you know the the audience and it just it it just looks like it was filmed totally someplace else, you know? And that just kept taking me out of the movie. And it took me out of the movie because I wanted to be engrossed in this world. Mm -hmm. And you I would find myself going there and then I'm just, I'm like almost pushed out of the world by this flatness, by the stilted dialogue, by this, like, you know, we talked about uh, Will Smith and his Oscar nod. This movie is trying so hard. Like, yeah. There, there, there's, there's nothing funny about a man called Adam and like, Damn it! Are you ever going to smile in this movie? Like, there's, yeah. there's, there's no joy well, in this movie. Well, this he he has to be serious, like you said, he has to be serious. It's funny. 
you actually ended where I thought you would begin, frankly. Mm. This is not a good movie. Yeah. When we talk about the the, the making of, of a film, I, I think the direction is listless. I, I think there's some really confusing choices. Like like there's this you know, like these really stark Dutch angles. Yeah. All over yeah. the place. For no he, reason. For no right. I kept right. It, you know, I kept expecting, you know, Egghead has diabolical <laughs> plans for the Cape Crusader. The editing is terrible. Yeah. Scenes start and stop amazingly abruptly. Mm-hmm. So that just on that just on, on that level, that's distract like anyone who listens to the show, like I don't like like I don't really go in on this yeah, aspect yeah, of the film. Me. So the fact that that distracted me that much, I think as you said, the script is 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 nothing to write home about mm. at all. I think you are absolutely right. You can tell Ozzy, De- you can tell the actors and the people who aren't acting, who aren't actors. I think Ozzy Davis, the 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 snapshots that you get mm-hmm. with Ozzy Davis and Cicely Tyson, mm-hmm. these are two actors. I think Jeanette Dubois, Dubois, Dubois. Dubois. I think it's Jeanette Dubois. I think it's Dubois. I think she does well. You yeah. know, she's in. She's not in in the film a lot, but I think she does well. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Louis Armstrong has been in films, but this is one of the only times where he has a substantial storyline. And I think Louis Armstrong's charisma. Yes. And the fact that not that much is asked of him, mm-hmm. he he's kind of in the sweet spot. Yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. where where he, I like him a lot. You talk about the energy between Sammy Davis Jr. and Peter Lawford, which is a strange. Like, there's this string because you didn't talk about the bookend scene. So Peter Lawford oh, right. plays yeah. his manager and, and Peter Lawford is basically fed up with him mm-hmm. and is going to send him down South, which is Lynn sort of spoke about a little bit. The, Adam has a, a problem performing in the South because of racism. The accident that happened with his wife happened after racist incident. So Peter Lawford's manager setting him up, with these dates down south is really a dick move. Yeah. And yeah. It, and and it's basically and and Sammy Davis Jr. gets angry and threatens him and has him crawl toward him in this very extended, you know, very hysterical scene. Yeah. But then Sammy Davis when he can't get any bookings crawls to him in a restaurant and it is this like you said it is almost impossible to talk about a Sammy Davis Jr. performance without bringing in Sammy Davis Jr.'s life. Mm-hmm. And certainly, as you said, his complicated relationship with the Rat Pack. Yep. But you talk about Peter Lawford, the fact that Frank Sinatra Jr. Yes. has this really substantial role where he... As Vincent. As Vincent, and he's young, so, you, you know, he plays... 
Sammy Davis Jr.'s character's protege. Mm-hmm. But there is this strange energy where you could tell Sammy Davis Jr. is reveling yep. in having this Sinatra mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. have to kiss the ring, basically, right. of Sammy Davis Jr. I like Sammy Davis Jr., as he gets older, we, we 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 saw him. We talked about Sammy Davis Jr. in um, Tap, mm-hmm. which I think is my favorite Sammy Davis Jr. performance. Mm. Like I like not him. Cannonball Run Two, not Cannonball Run. Cannonball Run Two is my second favorite okay. performance. Um, a lot of times when Sammy Davis Jr. is not actually performing, he strikes me as someone who's not really comfortable in his own skin. Yep. He actually reminds yep. me a lot of how I see Chris Rock when Chris Rock acts. Okay. Like when Chris Rock acts, the Chris Rock never really strikes me as someone who is comfortable doing this. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I am portraying someone else mm-hmm. and I'm in front of a camera. And I think the vast majority of this film, you get that from Sammy Davis Jr. Where... He just can't relax. He just no. can't. You, you, you know, it's it's almost like he gets in his own way. There, there, are, there are these quick flashes. Like I actually like the moments between his character and Louis Armstrong's character. Mm-hmm. But you get the sense that these are two men that know each other. These are two yeah, men. Yeah. And again, Louis Armstrong is so charismatic. And Louis Armstrong is is Louis Armstrong. And Louis Armstrong is Louis Armstrong. And and you get the sense that Sammy Davis Jr., like so many musicians, mm-hmm. defer to the genius and power of Louis Armstrong that he can't help but relax like you get help but just sort of give everything to him Mm -hmm. and on a very basic level I want to say I wouldn't recommend this film but you do love the, the, the footage of these actors you know I text you Cicely Tyson is drop dead gorgeous in mm-hmm. this. And and I say that as someone who loves Cicely Tyson. But I mean, come on, for men our age, Cicely Tyson been old our whole life. Yeah. Right. Like right. the last time we talked about sexualized Cicely Tyson was in Bustin' Loose. Mm-hmm. And that's damn near 20 years after this. Mm-hmm. Where I, you know, I think she's I think she's pretty in Bustin' Loose. She's like Lapita Nyong'o's fawner sister in this. Like, like yes, she is. Like somebody brought Lapita Nyong'o over and was like, "Oh, your girl is fawn," and he was like, "Yeah, yo, you should see her sister." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She, I was like, it was actually distracting. Mm-hmm. One of her first roles. Yep. So I love the film for that. Like you said, the 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 the, the performances I enjoyed. The Mel Torme scene is fantastic. Oh yeah, with all of the all of the the, the quick cameos. Mm-hmm. Like you see Joe Williams, yeah. you blink and you miss him. Yeah, and 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 it reminded me a bit of um, All Night Long, another film, another jazz yep. film yep. that we saw, or Paris Blues, a yep. film with Louis Armstrong. Mm-hmm. But the difference between those two jazz films is that when the music stops, 
Patrick McGowan and company in All Night Long, Sidney Portier and Paul Newman in in, in Diane Carroll, mm-hmm. and it is not Joanne Woodard. Uh, Joanne Woodard Woodard in uh, Paris Blues. Now they're acting. Yeah. Now we can do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as good as Cicely Tyson is, as good as as you said, Ozzy Davis is. As good as Johnny Brown is. Like, I really like Johnny Brown. Yeah. yeah. You know, who... Playing older. Playing older. <laughs> in his debut. And, and blind. <laughs> right, right. Right, right. Who would go on to play, of course, Bookman mm-hmm. in Good Times. It's like, this is a film with two cast members of Good Times. How about How that? random is that? Sammy Davis Jr.'s misfire. Mm-hmm kind of drags it down it does drags it down so you know i'll just say like i i i think if you get a chance you should watch this because it is one of these films that people talk about and 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 we talk about it with sammy davis jr and it is surprisingly difficult to to find very it's not like it pops up on tcm every now and then like you and i were like i told you it was on like like I told you last week I've been waiting mm-hmm. to watch it with you. I can tell you how long I've been waiting. It came on TCM in June of 2020. Wow. And it's just been sitting on my DVR because we talked about this film before and couldn't find it. So as a historical text, I'm like, okay, yeah, you should watch it when you get a chance. But it's it's not that good it's not and And it's it's a real shame and it almost makes you want to say as a is it really worth watching as a historical text or do you really just need to just see the jazz scenes of which not all of them but some of them are available like up on youtube and stuff like that or you can get the soundtrack right you can get the soundtrack as well um well like i said and i text you into Cicely Tyson was an absolute revelation to me. She is. Like an absolute revelation. I was looking at her IMDb. Like I said, this is her one of her very early film um, performances. But then looking at it, I remember she was on an episode of the Bill Cosby show. Oh, as um, as as Cos? as Chet can. No, 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 not cause the Bill Cosby show where he played Chet Kincaid. Oh, OK, OK. The uh, the gym teacher. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she was his and she you know, she was bad on there, too. And it was like, oh, my God, is that Cicely Tyson? OK, because, again, every time you see her, she's like an old lady. All right. Well, so now the choice is the Bill Cosby show episode or man called Adam. I actually like her better than this. I mean, you know. Well, yeah, I think I think I think a man called Adam wins. Right, right. <laughs> that's the one you're going to go to. Yeah, yeah. So that's the go-to. Um, but is that enough to to recommend the movie? I'm going to land on. I'm going to land on that. Cecily Tyson is not enough to recommend the movie, but. Cecily Tyson, Louis Armstrong, mm-hmm. even a, even like you said, Jeanette Dubois. Mm-hmm. You know, for what little she does in the role, it's just interesting to see her, and she's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, and that coupled with the jazz performances, 
I think is enough to have me say to recommend watching this movie. There's a pretty hilarious but also pretty evocative. I love the lingering shot of Lola Falana walking away. Oh, well. <laughs> it's like, yep, that's Lola Falana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, we all know where she was walking away to. Oh, I mean, probably Sammy Davis Jr. Were they dating yet? Uh,. If by dating you mean having an affair? Yes, yes, yes. that's right. Because I think he was married. I think May, he's married right now. Yeah. Married to May Britt. Yeah, at yeah. this time. Yeah, yes. Him and J- him and Lola Falana are heavy in the, in an affair. Right, right. At this time. Yeah. So it's always good to see Lola Falana. It's never a bad day. <laughs> never a bad day. to see 1966 Lola 1966. Falana. 1966 Lola Falana, unless you can run up against 1974 Lola Falana. Well, there you go. Right. So, so yeah. So I would recommend it. I was about to say. So you you would, I would recommend, recommend I, I, a man called a, Adam? It, I, it's a, a a tepid, but a recommendation nevertheless. I would also recommend a man called Adam. But then I would tell you to go watch Paris Blues or All Night Long, or um, what's our movie with with him and Eartha Kitt? Anna, Anna Lucasta. Anna Lucasta. You know, I, I thought he was really good in Anna. Lucasta. No, he's very good in Anna Lucasta. And Anna Lucasta is a, a slept-on film. It's and is that film. Anna Lucasta is nineteen fifties? Fifties. So that's way before. The, mm-hmm. I, again, I hate to bring in the other stuff, but I do think this Rat Pack period. Well, this his head is like what year is Ocean's Eleven? Well, this is actually after the Rat Pack movies. I was about to say because that's early sixties. By the, by now, could I mean it's sixty six? It ain't, it ain't the, that the, much. The, it ain't well, that. The, but the Rat Pack is pretty much done by done. now. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're done. Um, Dean Martin, like he, Sammy is holding on because he has this friendship with Peter Lawford. Um, and he still has a friendship with with Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra, but Dean Martin is is leaning more and more at this time on his Vegas show, mm-hmm. and he's about to start his television about show. To say the, the the Dean Martin celebrity roast. With, well, it start it started as the Dean Martin. Show, I was about to say the Dean Martin show, yes, which is yes. What's about to start, and that's going to go for like the next almost like I think like seven eight years. I was about to, yeah. It goes a, a, a little bit. Um, so so and and Dean who. Ain't have that much time for Hollywood. No, was making not tons of dough on real estate, so he didn't need any help. No, so he was like he was good. And Frank Sinatra, he was Vegas up, and and he was doing his thing with you know some of his people. Let's mm-hmm. just put it that way. Yeah, that you know, and they were never too keen on on Sammy anyway. Anyway, so true. Sammy's and. Because of his association with the Rat Pack so strongly, at this time, Sammy is also, this is another reason why he's leaning on a lot of these jazz greats and Louis Armstrong and thing. He's trying to find his way back to his people. Yes. Because his people are kind of like leaving leaving him aside. And in 1966, he starts trying to find a way back. And unfortunately, he would soon lean the wrong way. Well. Because then he gets into bed with Richard Nixon. Well, don't I'm not I'm not going to get pulled in to the Sammy Davis. You know, you know what that is though. That's all the response to the Kennedy stuff. 
Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know, but still. And the funny thing, you know, the the other time that we talked about Sammy Davis Jr. on this show, th- this show was Watt Stacks. Because remember, it's that extraordinary moment in Watt Stacks. Up on the stage and, and they boom, and then he says, mm-hmm. basically, you know, I'm here with you. And, and, yeah. and you know, how you, you basically, I am one of you. I, I'm black. Mm-hmm. So what's that, 73? Yeah. So, so you know, less than a decade after that, Sammy Davis is is like you said, sort of dealing with where he is mm-hmm. and who he's gonna be. Yeah, well, and we haven't even mentioned Salt and Pepper yet. Oh, we will. Yeah. We will. Yeah. We're, we're holding back, but we're holding back. Other thing is worth noting if 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 you are not a celebrity bio person, and I don't think you necessarily have to be a celebrity biography person. Like I'm not a like I've read a handful of them. Mm-hmm. Sammy Davis Jr.'s is absolutely one you should read. Fascinating man. It is fascinating. A lot of it's not true. I mean, he, you know, again, like, even he, that. He, he says his, his his mother was Puerto Rican, his mother was not Puerto Rican. That's not in Sammy. Yeah, he says he he says that. He's actually has done uh, done um interviews where he said that. No, no, no. Oh no, I'm talking about the his his biography, his um Oh, you, so you're talking about the biography someone wrote about him. No, I'm talking about he he wrote Yes I Can. Right, that's it. And then he wrote a follow-up. Right. And there's um I don't know if if it would be called a compilation, but there's a big one called Sammy. But that, I don't think he wrote that. Well, read Sammy then, because I thought Sammy included information from Yes I Can. No, they probably pull information right, from right, there right, right, and right. then refute some of that. Anyway, Yes and can, I Can sure. is where he says his mother is Puerto Rican. She wasn't Puerto Rican. She was Cuban. Right, right. Read up on Sammy Davis Jr. Fascinating life. Yeah, and if you don't want to read up on, if you don't want to, I shouldn't say if you don't want to read, but if you don't want to read, then <laughs> there is a podcast. Okay. One of my favorite podcasts. Okay. Um, you must remember this. Their most recent season, because they do seasons of, of their show, mm-hmm. is the story of Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin. Interesting. So you'll learn about both of their lives um, and the parallel tracks that they took. You and I were talking last week about the combinations, and I said that's actually my favorite combination that you don't get enough of Sammy Davis Jr., in Dean Martin. Yeah. And then I talked like you were joking a moment ago, but I do have an amazing soft spot for Cannonball Run 2. I know. And part of that is because it's Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Um, I think I might watch that this weekend too. What, uh Cannonball Run 2? Yeah, my Friday just got cleared. Oh. So I'm thinking I might watch some movies. Hey man. I look, don't get I'm trying not to get off track. You know I love them damn cannonball run movies. I haven't seen them in forever. Oh. I haven't seen them in forever. There is a series of movies, I swear. I'm talking about a forgotten hero, Burt Reynolds. Look, when my cousins were born, and this must have only happened twice. But I feel like my mom went to stay with my aunt and either took my siblings or they weren't born yet, depending on what year it was. Because, you know, they're young enough, younger enough than me that they were like toddlers and babies. Mm -hmm. My dad took me to see 
Cannonball Run. And I he must have taken me to see Cannonball Run too. And I'm I know he took me to see Smokey and the Bandit. But them Burt Reynolds 80s movies, them early 80s Burt Reynolds movies. It's 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 just joy. Yeah, man. It's just joy. I love them damn Cannonball Run movies. I do. I do. So there are worse things you can do than watch Cannonball Run two this weekend. No, that might be what my Friday will be looking like. Me a chicken cheesesteak and Cannonball two. All right. Or I guess I gotta watch the first one, right? <laughs> to make sure, make sure there there are some plot threads, plot details, right? <laughs> there, there are some references to Cannonball right. Run that that if you don't watch Cannonball Run and Cannonball Run Two, you'll be confused. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah so. so I might I have to watch Cannonball <laughs> watch and Cannonball Run Two. Right. Was there a three? Uh, I feel like there was a three. I don't know if there's a. I won't three. be watching it, but I feel like you getting that mixed up with Smokey and the Bandit Three. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, I try. Well, I'm climbing out of this one, right? Because, because, because you know, you, I am, you know, I am climbing out of this oh, hole. I will sit here and talk about smoking the bandit. I am out of this hole. I'm poking my head out of the hole. Oh, I can breathe. Okay, okay. let's end the show. <laughs> You ain't said nothing but a word. <laughs> Talking about smoking a bandit. Before we tell you what we're going to be watching next week, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Michelle Mission, I invite you all to like and follow us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and yes, Twitch at Michelle Mission. Like and follow us, subscribe, tell a friend, email us all of your thoughts at Mission at gmail.com. Or if you don't want to email us, feel free to leave us a voicemail at 215-867-9666. There are many ways to reach your favorite podcast. Tell us what's on your mind. Uh, The Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made, where you can check out swag and check out all the cool designs by way of our good friends at Public, including our Six Degrees of Darrell Martin collection. Uh, and the Michelle Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network. The Podglomerate, they make podcasts work. Next week, it's Vincent's turn. Yes, sir. On the, me, on the road to 300. And boy, he's got a doozy from 1999 mm-hmm. starring Forrest Whitaker. Yes. We're getting... Action. Mm-hmm. Ghost Dog. Ghost Dog. The Way of the Samurai. Next week here on the Me Show Mission, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, he's Vincent. I'm Len. And in parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. Mm-hmm.